To you it's just a game, for me it's all I know I make them remember my name before I have to go Losing, I can't fathom, that's a champion's passion Confidence never lacking, drop the beat, let's attack them They be checking for the content, you tired of that nonsense No gimmicks, break limits, quality is I promise This is more than a show, this is a way of life Cause the game as it grows, takes us to higher heights Check the stats before you check me And don't tell me who the greatest if you don't know the history Robert Ramon and Carlos the new big three And if the pins ain't from them Don't bring them to me Cause I go off like a rocket launcher Man, I just hate the beat I'm a real monster I can hear the crowd chanting MVP That's my mantra Here's a standing on For the opinionated bench warmers Welcome to the Opinionated Benchwarmers Podcast, episode 17. Your Opinionated Benchwarmers, Carlos, Ramon, and your boy Rob. How y'all doing tonight, man? How y'all fellas feeling? Feeling good, feeling good, man. Episode 17. A lot of stuff going on. Basketball getting into the swing of things. Lonzo Ball is back. Jimmy Butler going off. I'm excited, man. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, you sound real excited, bro, but I'm excited as well, man. We got a lot to talk about today, so let's jump right into it. Man, your little intro getting longer and longer by the episode, bro. <laughs> <laughs> man, so what y'all want to tackle first? NFL? Let's talk about history, since my NFL Saints are making history. Your NFL Saints, your New Orleans Saints. <laughs> man, they NFL, <laughs> man. <laughs> Drew Brees, all-time passing leader in NFL history. That's right. You know, he's leading. He's ahead of Dan Marino, Brett Favre, Peyton Manning, all the great ones. Future Hall of Famer. Is there anything left for me to say? Oh, man, easily. Easily first ballot, you know, Hall of Famer, man. And I was watching that game last night. It was last night, right? Yeah, last night, uh, Monday night. And I was like, man. This is Wednesday. What is your calendar looking like? Hey, All <laughs> your days running together. Yeah, like I said, like you said, man, it was a it was a good moment to see, um, seeing history just unfold right before our eyes. And like you said, you know, to see him shake back from the injury that he had um, coming out of San Diego, people thinking that his career might be over, and for him to then turn that into one of the most prolific careers that we've seen from a passer um, is just amazing to see. And so. I think that it was just a wonderful moment and a moment that even back early in his career, I don't know if anyone could have, you know, foreseen that this would happen. Well, I mean, y'all pretty much touched on it. I I think that uh, I would like to take the aspect of what he's meant to the city since he arrived in New Orleans. And, you know, everybody know the tragedy of Katrina and, you know, 
part of the reason why we do this is because sports brings us together and sports, you know, being that we can talk together on a podcast and get together as three young men in in, uh, continuity to to talk together about sports is the same way people can listen. And, you know, basically what I'm saying is that sports brings everybody together. And during that tragic time, you know, how Breeze, you know, you know, was in New Orleans and how he led the Saints in, in that in that magical in that magical game against the Falcons with the first game back. You know, he really kinda revived the city and let them, you know, made them kinda you know, the funny thing about sports is it kinda took their mind off of their issues of the city and, you know, the the tragedies that they went through. But even to talk about Breeze as a specific player uh, as a quarterback and, and what he has meant to not only the community around himself but just to the Saints team in general. Um, you know, when it's all said and done, he'll be uh, he'll be in Canton, Ohio. Uh, Canton, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he'll be in Canton, Ohio. De- most definitely, I think his jersey will be retired. And, uh, you know, it's just magical. And, and I think he owns every passing record there is in Saints franchise history. Yeah. And he's no doubt the greatest Saint quarterback of all time. But, you know, and just to mention, you know, now time to touch on how of magical of a season he's having this year. He's been almost perfect this yeah, year. Yeah, it's crazy. He hasn't made many bad throws. He has yet to throw a pick this year. Yeah. We're a month into the season. He's yet to throw an interception. So, he's having a magical season. Completion percentage is sky high. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I think that he's none other than deserving of of any of the honor that he's received and the praise that he's received. But I do think it brings up another conversation. It's just when the greatest quarterbacks are mentioned, it's seeming like Drew Brees is a afterthought, and mm-hmm. I think that he's right up there with Tom Brady. I think he's right up there with Aaron, with the you know with Aaron Rodgers, with the ones with the QBs. You know, he's cemented, but it seems like he's an afterthought with in those types of discussions. You know, so you know, what do you think? Like, is he in your Mount Rushmore QBs, or you know, do you think that he has some work to do? I mean, I don't see how you can't add him to the Mount Rushmore of QBs. You know, when you're leading in all passing yards, you know, you're now, you know, number one QB. And then you're one touchdown from hitting 500 touchdowns in the game. You know, that's, you know, that's in, that's a small company of quarterbacks that hit 500 touchdowns in the game. So I don't see how, I, I, I get your point where, you know, he's not really mentioned when people talk about the GOAT. You know what I'm saying? They all usually mention, you know, Tom Brady because of the rings maybe, you know. But, you know, you can't always put things on rings, and that's kind of hard for me to say as a Kobe fan. But, you know, you got to look at different things. You got to look at the stats. You got to look at the impact that that he's had. And the impact that he had, he should be in the GOAT conversation, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, when you look at Breeze, um, and you think of Mount Rushmore, when I think of guys, I look at Peyton Manning, I think of Tom Brady, um, I think of Joe Montana, um, Breeze for me, the only hang up I have on him is to me, I think he's kind of a system quarterback, honestly. Wow. Um, I, I don't know if I put him right that's, there. That's kind of disrespectful, bro. Okay, I'm just playing, bro. I just said it to make you mad, bro. I wanted to see what kind of reaction I was going to get out of you, bro. I got Drew Brees on my Mount Rushmore okay, okay. in my top four quarterback. Okay, I, I had to make sure, bro. <laughs> And as a friend, you heard me. I was like, that's kind of dude. Like, you know, being you respectful. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, nah, bro, I don't mean that at all, bro. Drew Brees is right up there with all all-time grace. I think he gets disrespected all the time. 
people constantly look over him. If you're looking at a guy that leads um, the NFL all-time in, in, in passing yards, he's going to lead the league, the NFL all-time in passing touchdowns. He has the highest completion percentage in NFL history. Come on, man. I mean, what more can you ask for? He has won the big game, so it's not like he's ringless like Dan Marino was. So, I mean, you're talking about a guy that has all the accolades. So, you know, I just did that to see if I can get you riled up, get you kind of upset a little bit and see how you would react to it. Yeah. But you actually kept it cool. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I, I, think, I think one of the things that Breeze is mentioned too, I don't think that people mention enough is that his stature. You know, he's, he's barely 5'11", and was able to accomplish that, you know, able to accomplish what he is. And, you know, he's not a prototypical quarterback in size. You know, um, you know, when you think of another great quarterback his size, Russell Wilson. But, you know, 5'11", and to accomplish as much as he has, you know, and, and now he's the all-time leader in passing yards. And I don't know, you know, that record's going to sit it's for gonna a while. It's going to sit. I don't, I don't it's know. It's going to sit for a while. And, and not to mention, like I say, Breeze is 38. Breeze is playing some of the best football he has his whole career yeah. at this point of the season. Breeze stays fairly healthy. You know, he's not getting injured. You yeah. know, injured. You know, he hasn't missed a game in a while. I mean, it. You know, he he has. I think that this record is definitely going to sleep because you know he, you know Tom is chasing him. Aaron Rodgers is chasing him, but they're going to constantly chase him. Yeah, and Aaron Rodgers is still kind of yeah, far off because Breeze has a couple more years and a, a couple more good years. So. You know, uh, he's definitely in my yeah. Mount Rush, Rushmore. No, you know, no bias there, but I mean, the numbers speaks for themselves yeah. there. But you know, um, but I mean, congrats to him again. Congrats to Saints Nation. I think that that's an awesome accomplishment. Uh, future Hall of Famer, no doubt. We all agree that he's a future Hall of Famer. I oh, think. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah, no doubt. That's first ballot. Yeah. So, um, so but now we talked about something positive. Let's talk about the. Uh, let's talk about. A little bit of drama and negativity here. Uh, what, what y'all think about? I mean, all right, let's do it for the list. Let's start. I and mean, I'm so excited to get into <laughs> yeah, it. Right, you about to die right into about, the middle. You know, for this, you know, for, let's talk from the aspect of the listeners that don't quite know what's going on in, with the New York Giants right now. So Adele did a Sunday Sunday countdown interview with Jose with the great Josina Anderson. Shout out to Josina and. Lil Wayne was present, the great, you know, the gold best rapper alive. I thought it was pretty fly that Wayne was sitting there next to him throughout the interview. But, you know, the portion that we saw was like a little six minute six minute segment they edited. I think that's a lot of that's a lot of we're gonna get into that, but people don't understand that, that interview was edited. They probably like had like a forty five minute conversation and they took that six minutes and decided that was that's that was what they were gonna play. But, you know, Dale just went on to say, um, you know, I'm a you know, I guess paraphrase, you know, he just was saying that, you know, he feels as though that the schemes, the offensive schemes that they're running are not effective. You know, going on to say that he's not getting the ball thrown to him over 20 yards. You know, he feels as though, you know, it's nice to, to, you know, take it to the house for 60 yards, but he would like to get easy touchdowns like his counterparts, which I was thinking about Antonio Brown or, you know, um, I'm not going to say Julio because Julio. No, he doesn't get TD. <laughs> he does not find him. But AJ Green. You know, uh, to, uh, I guess Tyreek. to an extent. Yeah, Beehive, Tyreek, you know, some of the better receivers in the league. Um, but, I mean, it, it, it was kind of controversial because he kept it completely 1,000 throughout the whole interview. 
I mean, do you have a problem with what he said? I, I, so I've always said this, and I'll continue to say this. You know, we, we, you know, we get these athletes in front of the mic, you know, and they say these press conference answers, and then we tune them out because you know they'll give you what you want to hear. Yeah, but I agree. as soon as the media, you know, gets up and somebody's being brutally honest, you know, with us. It's a thing where, you know, we crush him for it. Oh, he shouldn't have said that. Oh, he's a distraction. You know, blah, blah, blah. These are people, too, at the same time. Like, these people should be able to express themselves. And I just feel like the world, you know, this is not just an NFL situation or NFL issue. I think this is a world issue where people are just becoming too soft, man. Like, you know, we need all, yeah. yeah, we all need to look in the mirror and realize that, hey, you know, Hey, Eli hasn't been good. You know what no, I'm saying? They have been getting out coached and out schemed. You know, that nothing he said wasn't the truth. You know what I'm saying? Like, when you have a player as dominant as, you know, Odell Beckham, and the only way he can really score, you know, is he take a slant pass, you know, to the house like he mentioned, you know. And you've seen in this game, they threw it down. They took shots, you know. And, you know, this previous game, you know, they mixed it up. You know, Odell throwing a touchdown to Saquon Barkley. Like, they got the message clearly, you know what I'm saying? But sometimes that's what it takes. You know, somebody being brutally honest. Yeah, people feelings are going to get hurt, blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, they give you that reality check that, hey, you know, okay, you know, maybe I need to step my game. Eli, you know, he had, you know, he didn't have the best game, but he had a better game. You know, you can see that he was throwing it further down the field now. And uh, Odell did catch a longer pass for a touchdown this game. So that type of honesty set the trend, you know, and set the stage for them to be in that game. Unfortunately, they lost by a 63-yard field goal, but, again, they were in the game the whole time. Yeah, and at the end of the day, like you were basically saying, do you want the truth or not? That's what we pretty much have to say as fans or people out there as reporters or whoever. Do you want the truth or not? So if you're going to ask him a question, (laughs) do you want to truly hear how he feels? And so I respect him for that. I respect him for saying the honest answer and not just the one that'll protect the situation or protect, you know, quote unquote, a teammate or kind of be the press conference answer, as you were mentioning. It's the truth. And in my opinion, honestly, you know, and this may be a little bit of bias because he did attend LSU. But I think Odell is the most talented receiver in the league. Hands down. That's what I believe. That's truly what I feel. He's probably the most dynamic player in the NFL I've ever been privileged to seeing in person. In general, in my generation. And and there are older guys that are with me. They say he's probably the most explosive player of all time. That That is a generational talent right there. And to me, in some respects, a generational talent that's being wasted. That you're not seeing his full potential because, like they said, they can't get it to him downfield. I can't tell you how many times I've seen Odell beat not single, not double, but triple coverage and be open down the field and Eli can't get him the ball. If a receiver is beating triple coverage and he can't get it, he should be frustrated at some point. You know, so I, I completely understand him and I know... I mean, Odell, if we be honest about it, Odell could easily break two to three long ones per game. game. That's how good he is. He could break two to three, would force a defense to definitely have to play a zone, playing a cover two or cover three over the top. He completely changes the way a defense has to scheme if he has a quarterback that can truly get him to him at all levels. So um, I completely agree with him, and I mean, I think he was just being honest. Yeah, I I love what both of y'all said. 
you know, Los, you know, hit it, hit the nail on the head. It's like we ask these athletes questions, and we 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 try to, you know, we tune them out because we're so used to them hearing the rehearsed, you know, answers, you know. Yeah. But Odell kept it 100. I completely 100% agree. But, you know, I have to take kind of like an opposite side of the spectrum just to, for podcast <laughs> entertainment purposes. I do think that it may have been a tad bit inappropriate for him to go about it this way because I watched the interview multiple times and, you know, I agree with everything he said. I want to preface it with this too. Odell is my favorite player in the NFL right now. And I respect this talent. I think he's one of the greatest. I think he is one of the greatest receivers in the league if it wasn't for a guy named Antonio Brown. So I got Antonio Brown 1A, Odell 1B. But I do think that there's a way to go about things. And I think that, that this interview, it may not have been, it may have rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. And I'm going to tell you why. He just signed a $95 million contract. So it's kind of like, and. You know, interesting enough, we talked about this on the podcast a couple episodes ago. I remember saying, you know, Dell's been kind of quiet during this offseason. He hasn't been really saying much. He hasn't been as vocal. He hasn't been on his, you know, tantrums like he has been. Now he's gotten paid. And now, oh, okay, I got this exclusive interview with Josina. And I'm saying, you know, everything. I'm spilling everything, spilling the beans. It's almost like he got paid. And now that he got paid, he's, you know, acting out. You know, I'm not saying that that's what he was doing. I'm not saying that that's what he's saying. But if somebody, it, every life is about perception, and yep. that's that's how it's perceived. It's like you got paid, and you 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 know you, you're doing this. I think that a better way may have been is to go to Eli, to go to Coach uh, Pat, you know, and just you know tell them how you feel, you know, and just keep it out of the media because I'm sure you know I, I was I saw a 30 second clip of him kind of doubling back on this statement, you know, kind of like, oh, I like the, the direction of the team going. You like the direction of the team that the team's going? And y'all <laughs> lost another game this past Sunday. Granted, it was on a record field goal, but I kind of find it kind of odd. It just seemed like, he, you know, the coach really – and then I'm looking at how Pat reacted to it. XO Dem, he's <laughs> the man. You know, he was pissed <laughs> off. So, you know, of course they probably set him down like, oh, Dale, this wasn't the way to go about it. So it's kind of like I think that he could have probably went around it in a different way, even though I agree with everything yeah. he said and I love the interview, yeah. I can't get enough of watching it, but I do think that he may have kind of, I just, I'm just interested to see going forward, how is this going to affect this? You know, Eli, I know that you talked about him this way. How is this going to affect but, the relationship? But, but for me, to me, this is the direction and this has been kind of where the Giants have been for a little while with Eli. Like, I know they had a new coach in there. Mm-hmm. I know they had a new head coach. But you got to look at last year, Eli got benched. So, obviously, this is what Odell feeling. It ain't just what he feeling. Yeah. There's obviously some feelings within that organization about Eli Manning. And if he still does, in yeah. fact, have enough in the tank. And if he can, in fact, get it done. So, of course, all right, it may not be the greatest thing for for Eli for Odell to come out with it now, but I mean, look at everything that happened to Eli last year, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah, yeah, but I mean, I think again, you know, just Eli, his last name being Manning, has yeah. a lot to do with yeah, it too. A lot. I mean, he has a great quarterback legacy with his dad and Peyton, of course. But you know, I agree with 
Oh, then I've said it even on a couple podcasts ago. It was like months ago. I was like, man, Eli, Odell is prolonging Eli's career. Eli can throw it 10 yards, and like Odell said in the in interview, he's going to carry 60 yards to the end zone. So, I mean, something's got to give, man. Eli, he stinks. I mean, yeah. but, you know, it's just like because his last name, man, and they're going to continue. And, you know, Odell said it. You know, they're wasting his talent. You know, he's at the top peak of his game. And they're wasting it away. He's supposed to be putting up record-setting numbers. So here's the interesting thing. The, the Giants, you know, showed all the confidence in the world in Eli when, you know, and I, I, I agree with their move, but this decision may bite them in the long run. Um, when they had the number two pick, you know, in this draft, you know, they could have took Sam Darnold, you know, but they, you know, of course took, you know, Saquon Barkley. They could have took Sam Darnold, who, looks like a promising rookie right now you know you can always you know and I'm not saying Saquon is special don't get me wrong but when you look at value of the draft you know you got to find you can find that replacement you can find that quarterback that's going to carry you you know the quarterback shelf life can be 20 years you know we see these quarterbacks playing until their 40s you know mid 40s right now running back you know they start declining after 30 years old you know so I think you know that decision may hunt them you know they could have took a they could have took uh, Sam Darnold with that number two big pick and then found a decent running back, you know, in the later rounds this year, you know, like a Royce Freeman, like a Philip Lindsay, you know, they could have found that type of running back and had a player that could grow with Odell, you know, right now. But they, you know, they, of course, they made a decision and then they gave, you know, Sam Darnold to the other New York team. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, you know, looking at hindsight, I mean, they, they, they may, you're right, they may yeah. hunt them. Cause uh, Eli's uh, time is limited, man. Odell hit the nail on the head. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he hit the nail on the head, and that's why I say, I mean, I had to play devil's advocate for entertainment purposes. But I agree with Odell. I love the honesty. I love the candidacy, and I love the fact that Lil Wayne, the best rapper alive, was sitting next to him. I thought that was pretty fly. People critiquing him on that, and people saying. Oh, Wayne, just a yes man. Wayne just sitting there. But they don't understand it. I mean, do y'all realize that's just a piece of the interview? Like, it was a, it's a collective interview with Josina and and Lil Wayne and Odell. And, but, of course, SportsCenter is going to choose the, the most interesting point of the sports aspect of the interview. So, they of course, they're going to choose how Odell feels about the team and how Odell feels going forward. But... You know, I, I respect everything about it. And I think that if, if, if you have a critique of it, you must not watch any Giants game. You can't. You know, I mean, the Giants are, what, 25th in offense this year and 16th in passing. You mean to tell me you're 16th in passing and 25th in offense? First of all, I'm going to take the offense aspect of you. 25th in the league in offense. You have Saquon Barkley, who's right now, I'm ready to say, after five weeks of watching, he's a top five running back in the league. Then you got Odell, which is a top two wide receiver in the league. Then you have Ingram, who's a, a great tight end, has promise if he can stay healthy. Then you got Sterling Shepard, and you mean to tell me that you are 17th in passing? Yeah. That is crazy, man. Yeah. The only thing, and this is the only thing that I will give Eli, and it's what we talked about last week. No. That offensive line is terrible. It's pretty <laughs> so bad. So you don't have like any yeah. time, really, to sit back there and to be True. able to throw and to get it out there and to be able to get it down the field. True. That's the only thing that I can give Eli. But I still honestly feel that even if Eli had 
a top tier offense. Yeah, I, because so. I mean, then I look at this too. It's not only the offensive line is bad, but I just look at Odell. Odell is literally open almost every play, bro. Like he, like I said that last week, he's literally open every play. So, and then it's the scheme. It's offensive play call. It's a lot that goes into it, but I mean, Odell. I mean. Odell, you can only talk that way when you're putting up, you know, he just what he just was our fantasy performer of the week. He yeah. threw for a 50-yard touchdown pass. He caught a touchdown pass. He had over 100 yards receiving. Yeah. And he was 9 or 10 receptions. Like, I mean, you could talk like that when you put yeah, up he, numbers he's like He's a man. He's dynamic, man. Yeah, he's so, dynamic. um, so, yeah, so, that's... You know that I think that's, that that seals that one. <laughs> right, Keep I think doing your thing. You think the Giants gonna shake back though? Because you know they have had that years where they start off piss poor and then at the end, uh, at the end there in the thick of things, wild card. Oh, I'm looking at a nice strong six and ten. <laughs> nice strong <laughs> six and ten. So you're only winning five more games. <laughs> I I don't think it's gonna be a bright outlook for them. They did look better this past week, granted that, but I don't think I they'll needed, be in playoff contention. I needed contention. them to knock off the Panthers, man. I needed them to knock off the Panthers, bro. Uh, but uh, yeah, so interesting enough. Uh, I think that's the biggest storyline in NFL right now. So, so what do y'all think? Uh, any any more NFL things y'all y'all noticed over the weekend? Right now, and oh, he's gonna find a way to <laughs> right? He's gonna find a way to mention the round. You open the door for it. Right now. And, you know, it's, it's, it's an exciting, exciting, exciting times right now. You know, I hopefully, I'm hoping in the November we're both still undefeated because, man, that'll be a, a crazy game. Man, I gotta to come to New Orleans. I gotta come to that Superdome. I gotta come to Big Easy, bro. I don't know if that's gonna happen, man. Hey, that's gonna be another good game. So, there's a lot of good games coming up, man. But I don't, I don't have much else to say about the NFL, man. It's just, it's fun, man. Every week is fun. Something new is coming up. Somebody else going off. Somebody else not showing up. You know, it's it's, it's, it's football. Man. I've been really impressed with Lindsey for the Broncos, running back for the Broncos, man. I, I got a chance to watch him. Like, I've seen his numbers in fantasy-wise, and I was like, man, he putting up some pretty good numbers in fantasy. But I was able to watch them on TV. The Broncos, man, he is very explosive, man. He is very explosive. What, he ran like a 4-3 or 4-4 at his uh, pro day? He did. He ran a 4. I think he ran a 4-4-2 um, is what I last saw. Um, so, he, he, you know, he didn't get much buzz during the draft. No, nah, he, he went undrafted. Yeah. Didn't he? Yeah, and I'm – yeah. And everybody just basically coming into this year was just talking about the buzz and hype around Royce Freeman and that he was yeah, going to be the man, guy. And now, you know, Philip Lindsay is really taking off. And yeah. it's the, only, really, the only rookie running backs that's really doing anything uh, is, is uh, Saquon and, and Lindsay. Yeah. So, yeah, now nah, uh, Sony Michelle is creeping oh, up. Oh, yeah, Sony Michelle. Michelle yeah, yeah. yeah they, they, they really. I, that's interesting with the Patriots because I feel like if they had any type of weakness, it was like that all-purpose, yeah. all-around running back. And now they got one. Yeah. Now they got somebody to take that pressure off. Then my boy Julian came back. Edelman yeah. came back. They and coming, man. Patriots. Look how crazy that is, man. Like, last, you know, two weeks ago, you look at the Patriots offense. You know, they had Philip Dorsett. You know, and Philip Dorsett has doing, been doing well. Chris Hogan. 
you know, and like Rex Burkhead, you know, and Grunk. Pretty much all they had was Grunk on their team, you know, their main guy. Now you look at their offense, you know, you got Edelman back. You got uh, a backfield, James White, Sony Michelle, you know, you got Josh Gordon out there. You got Grunk, you know what I'm saying? Like, now their offense looks scary, you know, and that's, that's what I was saying about the Patriots. You know, they have not played good football so far, but – I would not be surprised if they one of those teams that's, you know, of course, you know, it wouldn't surprise anybody, but they strike hot, you know, because their team is now getting healthy and they're getting these weapons on offense and, they, you know, they're coaching. You know, you can always count on them to always go to the playoffs, especially with their division. And Jimmy B, Jimmy, I mean, uh, um, sorry about that, Gronk, he has re- he still has yet to be performing well. Yeah, he was a little bit, he was actually better this past week, but um, still been a while since he's seen the end zone. So um, his performance, like I said, this past week was better. His numbers did look better, but it still hasn't been that grunt type of performance. So yeah. Yeah. I think he's still, too, a little bit unhealthy as well. But that's the, that's kind of what you get with Gronk as well. You're going to get the good with the bad. So you're going to get a few healthy weeks out of Gronk where he puts up some of the best numbers you've ever seen from a tight end. And then, you know, at some point in the season – He's going to start dealing with injuries. And I think that's why, too, there was um, the Patriots were looking to trade him in the offseason, you know. So I think that that partially played into it. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see next week, week six. How y'all fantasy teams faring right now? Uh, right now, I'm 5-0. Uh, and, and, you know. What about your other uh, league? 3-2 and two and 4-1. and one. Yeah, I'm four and one in one league, three and two in another, and two and three in a, in another league. Yeah, it's been a it's been a rough year for me. I'm two and three um, in two leagues, um, and then I mean I play college fantasy too, so we ain't gonna talk about that. But NFL fantasy football has been kind of rough so far, but I'm still sticking in there. I still have confidence in both of my teams. I just kind of need, especially in one of my leagues, I need to just shake back from injuries. I've had Leonard go down, T.Y. go down. Of course, I'm dealing with the situation with uh, Doug Baldwin. and I mean, I just had like a lot of guys. T.Y., they say he's already, they already been saying he's not playing this month. Yeah, him and Leonard ruled out again, so I'm facing another week without having those two, so. Yeah, I'm missing. I had a, last week I was missing, I knew I was going to lose. I was, Lamar Miller was out, Leonard Fournette was out, and Dalvin Cook was out. You know what? It's kind of your fault for kind of going more into this. What happened to Alshon? Did he not follow the sequence that me and Lo said? You the one who always... All right, to his defense, he didn't have a good matchup. No, 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 no. No, What what were you saying, Lo? We said we would evaluate him after four weeks. Okay. After four, we'll give him four weeks. I'm just saying the trend that we said that it's was not, there is already starting to surface itself. A big week, small it, week. It don't matter who the receiver week. is, like it's not too many receivers that's gonna have a good week against Xavier Rhodes. Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks. Brandon the, Cooks. The, the, the explosive play that Brandon Cooks had was Xavier Rhodes got a flag and the coach took him out and Brandon what happened? Nah, Xavier, Xavier Rose assignment was Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks kicked the flag and got taken out by his coach, and then Brandon Cooks scored. 
Come on, man. But before that, he he was holding Brandon Cooks in a, in check pretty much. Oh, no, I'm saying. Okay, we're gonna give you that. We're gonna give you a couple more weeks, but I Man, just, Xavier I just Rose wanted to, I just wanted to point that out. All right, so next week we know he's not facing Xavier Rhodes, so then we'll throw that out the window. Yeah, um, yeah, who, oh yeah, so all right, if he have a poor game next week, I mean against the Giants. Well, like you said, it got to be four weeks too, because then we actually, actually, like tomorrow, does, right? Yeah. So I mean, this been some. Explosive offense performances on Thursday, so forth. So, NBA is among us, fellas. Nine days until season opener. Uh, actually, the Lakers on right now, right? Nine, nine days. Nine. Yeah, October nineteenth. That's season opener, right? No, October sixteenth, bro. Come um, on, get your, get your get your calendar right, bro. Season kicks off on the upcoming Tuesday, man. Oh, okay. Tuesday well, night. How excited are you guys? Are you excited? Of course, man. I'm always excited for NBA season to roll around, man. I'm actually, I might be a little bit even different from y'all because I actually prefer NBA over NFL. That's just me, but you, you know. prefer? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Yeah, I, I really like. I'm really starting to really get into the NBA a lot more than what I once was. Uh, I mean, I always was the NBA. Yeah, NBA is my basketball is my first love. You know, yeah. but fantasy football, it kind of like it kind of just. I don't know, but now that I'm in the fantasy basketball, then I'm I'm really in the basketball again, like I once was. What do you think LeBron's impact is gonna be on the Lakers? I think that's the one of those huge stories next to the huge story that we're about to discuss in a minute. But what do y'all think LeBron's impact will be? I, I think his biggest impact would probably be just showing us how to win. You know what I'm saying? Showing us what it takes day in and day out what we need to do to prepare to be winners. You know, nobody, I don't think nobody right now thinks that our roster is a championship roster. So by that, you know, there's no real pressure on us. So I, in my opinion, there's no real pressure. So just showing us how to win, we, I mean, showing us how to prepare for games, showing us what type of work, what type of communication on the floor is going to take to win. I think that's going to help us and develop us. And I think, you know, just watching these first couple preseason games, I think honestly, you know, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna start off a little slow. You know, I think we gotta figure out how to play with each other and learn each other. You know, all we have is two preseason games, and it just happened to be against the the best team in the NBA in the Warriors. We played them uh, tonight, as in Wednesday. Then I believe we played them uh, Saturdays as our last game. So you know, I don't think, and then I, I just think that we're going to struggle to start off, and then once we're going to hit a stride, we're going to hit a high streak, and then maybe go on a winning streak, because we're going to learn each other, learn where we need to be at, where LeBron like to be at, where he like the ball at, you know, and I think just that, the small details, and I think LeBron is going to take Lonzo under his wing, you know, I think he's really going to take Lonzo under his wing, and, and just show him how to, you know, run a team. Yeah, I think um, a lot of what you were saying, bringing in that winning culture, that winning mindset, knowing that, you know, taking no days off, um, I think it's going to be a huge thing. And I think that, you know, it's shifted the focus of the Lakers from, hey, this is all about development. We want to develop that young core. Now the focus is on winning. You know, whether or not the roster is good enough right now to win a championship, none of us really feel that that's the case as of today, we feel that a year from now, once you're at that max player, that that'll come. 
But at this point, it's still, it's all about winning at this point. It's no more of, you know, we just focusing on development. So if we take an L, but in that L, we saw that B.I. went off, Brandon Ingram went off for 30 points, and Lonzo went off for 10 points and 15 assists. Okay, it was a good night. That's not good enough anymore now. At the end of the day, you're going to look at that box score, you're going to look at it, and you want to see the Lakers have more points than the other team. And that's what it's going to come down to now. And so I think that LeBron is going to bring that dynamic. He's going to raise their level of play um, as young players. And he's going to be a guy that now, too, the Lakers can depend on down the stretch of games. There were a lot of games last year that the Lakers just couldn't close out because, as Los was saying, didn't know how to win, didn't know how to close games. But now LeBron is going to bring that dynamic to be able to do that. Yeah, LeBron is, you know, I look at some of the teams that he's carried to the conference finals or even to the NBA finals. And, you know, like I said in, the, in, our, in our Laker first LeBron, when he came here, LeBron came here for a reason. He understood the roster. And uh, I think that a lot of people, he, we're going to show the world what type of talent our team has and the talent that LeBron had saw as a student of the game. And when it comes to B.I., when it comes to Josh Hart, when it comes to Lonzo, who people are saying he was a, a flop and he had, pro- he had a better year, actually rookie year, than the rookie of the year for, than Josh, I mean, Brogdon. When he, he won, won Brogdon that one, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, come on, man. I mean, we have a very talented roster. I think that he's going to really uh, peak the play of everybody on that team. And, you know, I think that he's going to do what he always do. He's going to make everybody around him better. But I think that B.I. this year, who was my my choice, I know I'm getting a little ahead, as as the most improved player of the year. And you took my choice. (laughs) But I I think that he's going to, you know, I definitely think that he's going to, you know, really excel. And and LeBron has done it all. He's seen it all. And he's going to be that vet. And then, you know, Rondo's presence is going to really – you know, just that, that, that veteran leadership there is it, going to be, you know, tremendous for the team. And speaking of veteran leadership, we got to talk about the <laughs> biggest story of today, which is Jimmy Buckets return to practice today. And uh, the report is that he went off on all his teammates and he actually told his GM that you cannot win without me. <laughs> I'm saying in a nice way, without the expletives. He, he got in the post of Gordon Cat and said that Cat can't score yeah. on him or do nothing with him, and Cat passed the ball out. So, I mean, I think that it's a veteran leadership move by him. That's because my favorite player and our favorite player collectively is Kobe Bryant, and we've seen this from time and time again where Kobe have to come to practice and, and dominate and, and talk trash and let them know that he's here and that he's serious. And if I combine that with the reports mentioned Last year, that Jimmy Buckets didn't feel as though that the young guys understood the the importance of winning and didn't understand the the, the seriousness of losing. You know, I think that this is a is, was a, a tactic by him that he said that hey, if I didn't get traded and if this is where I'm gonna be, then I'm about to you know ruffle some feathers. I'm about to let y'all know. Look, I'm not putting up with this no more. Yeah, I, I think that it was. To me, it was definitely interesting seeing all the tweets come in in real time and seeing mm-hmm. Woj tweet about it and all of that. But to me, it still revealed 
that's what Jimmy was saying last year was true. Mm-hmm. To me, if a guy is coming in and like they said, Jimmy wasn't just playing with the second stringers. He was playing with third string and giving them buckets and winning every single game. And so you telling me that the combination of Carl Anthony Towns and Wiggins and the other starters, that they couldn't win a game? That shows to me that mentally they weak. Carl Anthony Towns, as, as Jimmy said, really should be their most talented player. He said Wiggins has the most God-given natural ability yeah. on the team. And so now a guy that y'all were ready to talk about in the media, especially even Wiggins, now he's showing up and you ain't got enough heart like Steven Jackson was saying about him to come and show him in practice that nah, we're going to take it to you. We're going to show you that we can win. No, you let him come in there. You let him talk. You let him dominate. Like you said, mentioned about Cat passing the ball outside of the post when Jimmy came and checked him. Like, that just showed me that pretty much everything that Jimmy is saying, to me, sounds accurate. Now, of course, we not in the locker room. We not sitting on the bench. But to me, it sounded very accurate. I'm checking him. I'm locking him down. I'm scoring buckets on him. 
Cat, when he come on you in the post, you make sure that everybody clear out. I got him one-on-one. Let me show him something. So let's see if they truly got that within them. But like you said, it's going to be interesting to see yeah. how that dynamic shows. Yeah, we all can agree. I mean, I think that the Timberwolves are under underwhelming. were an underwhelming team yeah. last year. Everybody expected them to be, you know, pretty good with the addition of Jimmy. So. Yeah. And the thing you have to look at, like he said, when Jimmy was healthy, they were the number three seed in the West. Yeah. Jimmy went down. They went 10 and 13 in that stretch. That dropped them all the way to the AC, and they barely got in on the final day. So, like he said, he did prove they do need him over there. Yeah, they do. They definitely do. So, uh, what do y'all so, so, I mean, is anybody, let's be real. I mean, I hate to do this, but we knew when KD went over there, we pretty much rode in Golden State for the next four or five years as long as KD's there. So, is, is, is Golden State another right in this year? I and think I so think, too. I think they're gonna get this championship, you know. And KD, this will be what his third one. Yeah, yeah his, third. his third. one. I think he's gonna get three, and then he's gonna go and get his own team somewhere, you know. And a lot of rumors saying the Lakers, but he's not. Gonna nah, I don't want him. No, they say he's kind of interested in the Knicks. Yeah, they they saying Knicks. Yeah. Yeah. So I can see him. I can see him doing, you know, getting his rings, you know, kind of to where he can, you know, because down the road, you know, once he get his rings. Nobody can say anything team. about him. Nobody's yeah. going to really think about, you know, oh, he got three with them. You know, it's <laughs> like right now, nobody think about LeBron. He got, you know, two with, uh, you know, with the Miami Heat with a super team. Nobody really thinks about that. Like, all they say is LeBron got three rings. You know what I'm saying? So, I think he's doing it the smart way. Get your rings, you know, kind of supplant, you know, your, your, your career. But yeah. after that, you should be good. Yeah, I agree with you. And just even a quick little note on that. Like, people talk about that so much these days. And all of the old men, you know, get off my line type of guys, Charles Barkley and all that. They talk about that um, all the time. But teams used to be stacked back in the day. The league had different rules and different situations where the Lakers were a good team with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And they still had a chance to get the number one pick to get Magic Johnson. And that's how that dynasty was built. So now that players are building it instead of, quote-unquote, a GM or, or, or an owner or something, now it's an issue. But at the end of the day, championship teams have always been stacked. Great ones have always won together. So, you know, that's just a little minor tidbit with that. But like you said, I mean, can't really see Golden State losing this year. If there's one then team... Then they got Boogie. Yeah, right. If People are not even talking about that much, but Boogie... Yeah. Boogie, before he, before Boogie went down, Boogie was like twenty. Well, he was averaging over, over twenty. Yeah, points. he was averaging 25? over twenty five and like twelve or twenty five and thirteen uh, before he went down. So it's like you look at a team that was seventy three and nine. Then yeah. they added KD. <laughs> then they win two championships with KD, and now they're going to add Boogie. Like that's crazy. Yeah. And your starting lineup. Whoever you choose out of the two, either Clay Thompson or Draymond Green is the worst player in your starting lineup. Like Yeah. So we so we pretty much see many who we got winning the NBA championship. Yeah, so I got one person that's gonna challenge them though. I think yeah, one team we're about to get contenders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's your contender? I, I think that the Boston Celtics can actually challenge the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, I think so. I think if there is any crazy. team that can knock them off, it would be the Boston Celtics. They are they got the depth. You look at a team that went to the conference finals, barely lost in game seven to LeBron and his squad, and they didn't have Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward on that team. So you look at that, 
Jason Tatum's going to take the next step forward. Jalen Brown's going to take the next step forward. Terry Rozier is still getting better. You bring in a Marcus Smart off the bench, Marcus Morris off the bench. They got that depth there. Brad Stevens, as we've all mentioned before, is one of the most brilliant minds in the game right now. And so I think that if anybody is going to give Golden State a true run for their money and has an opportunity to knock them off, I think it could be Boston. Hmm. My contender would probably be the Rockets. I mean, the right, the right, I'm looking at, not theoretically, I'm looking at how they matched up last yeah. year in the, in, the, in the conference finals. And they were one Chris Paul injury away from knocking off the Golden State Warriors. Uh, Chris Paul, you know how I feel about Chris Paul. Uh, one of my favorite players, arguably to me, he's the greatest point guard of all time. Uh, Ma- well, you forgot a guy named Magic. Under Magic. Under, okay, I get you, Magic. But, I mean, Chris Paul, you know, his career's not done yet. But I will say I, Magic is the greatest. Okay, yeah, because that, that's not even going to turn into something. We can't turn Chris it into. Paul, Chris Paul is up there, though. Chris Paul, top three point guard all the time. But that's the better <laughs> But that's neither here nor there either. But, you know, his leadership and what he brings to a team and how he plays – it's just some players when when the playoffs click, kind of like Rajon Rondo, what he did for the Bulls in the yeah. playoffs, what he did, he did for, for the Pelicans, Pelicans prior to him getting hurt last year in the playoffs. When the playoffs when they, when, they, when the playoffs come, they flick a light flick and they you know dominate and they and it rubs off on their teammates. So I mean I think that you know we're hoping that Chris Paul can stay healthy. And I'm a Lakers fan, so I don't hope that 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 you know they make it to the conference finals. But if they do, I do think they got a shot at knocking Golden State off in the conference finals yeah. and they make it. And I think too within that, people are giving them a really hard time. But I think Melo is going to play better in Houston system than he played in OKC. Okay, he'll be better. You got any contenders, Los? Who, who else contend this shit? No, y'all hit it. Y'all hit it. You know, um, I, I don't think none of those teams are going to beat them, but I think. You know, those two teams, the Rockets and the Celtics, you know, those two teams right there. And then another thing I'm keeping close eye on is this Jimmy Butler situation. If he end up going to the Rockets, then I'm just like, okay, you know, he's an upgrade over Trevor Reason, who's now with the Phoenix Suns. You know, you add that another defender, you know, with a healthy Chris Paul and with a healthy uh, James Harden, you know, Mm -hmm. you got Clint in the middle, middle, you know, so I, I just think. You know, if he find a way to end up on the Rockets without them giving up too much, then, you know, the West, I mean, I mean, I feel like the Rockets back in business to get at least make that an interesting series. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, let's talk about some players then. Uh, I already mentioned my most improved player yeah. of the league. Uh, you guys care to explain who you think will be the most improved player in the so, league this year? I've been pretty good because let the record show – I chose Victor Oladipo to be MIP, and he, yeah. and he for sure won. So I'm, I'm thinking Bi can, I think Bi can do it this year. Yeah. So for me, um, my most improved player, I think this year is going to be Zach Levine. You know, um, he's a guy that um, they got traded for Jimmy Butler. He was part of the Jimmy Butler deal. And uh, you know, I, since UCLA, that's been his boy. I've always, before he came out of the draft, you know, this guy was coming off the bench. You know what I'm saying? This guy wasn't even a starter in college, you know, but his, it's just how athletic he was, his, 
way he can shoot. You know, he, he always showed the potential, you know, and when he really did start to come into his own, he got traded. Oh, he got hurt and he got traded, you know, so he never really found that rhythm. I feel like he's got that full year to kind of recover from that injury now, you know, and I feel like this is the year, you know, he, he did receive a huge contract, a five-year, seven, eight million, you know, um, deal, you know, so he's, he's paid now, so now he just has to produce. And so I think and stay he's, healthy. Yeah, I think he's going to uh, hopefully stay healthy, but I think this is going to be his year where he kind of takes that Chicago team and and makes it his, his team. You know what I'm saying? And I think he's going to dominate this year. You're going to see Zach take off this year. Yeah, I don't really have much too much to add. My initial person for this end up getting hurt with the with Dejounte Murray. I thought he was going to really take a leap in that next step for ACL has him out for the year. So, I mean, I'm saying with you with B.I., so no, not much to add, really, to this. Okay. All right. Rookie of the year. I got DeAndre Ayton. Bro, we keep saying the same thing. He keeps stealing mine, but go ahead. We can go have ahead. the same ones, bro. We can all agree. Yeah, yeah. You know, man, go ahead. Talk about DeAndre Ayton. I, I, it, it really don't matter. But the, the main thing I've been seeing from DeAndre Ayton is that you've been seeing the same thing that carried over from college, a 20-10 and 10 guy. He's showing um, all all the post moves, everything down low. He's really dominating so far in his preseason. He's putting up 20 and 10 in only 28 minutes per game. And then when I look at rookies across the league, you're looking at DeAndre Aiden. That's clearly going to be the second option there. So you got Devin Booker. That defenses are going to be focused on. That's going to allow DeAndre Aiden to get one-on-one matchups. And how many good centers are there in the league right now that can really handle him down low? Maybe Boogie. But, but this, hurt. And then once he had faces in B, because in B said he going to take it to him yeah. this year or whatever. If in B is healthy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, outside of that, I just think that he's going to have a, a, a big workload that is going to really be dependent upon. He's going to get, like I say, one-on-one, a lot of one-on-one coverage to me. I think he's going to dominate down low. So, for my rookie of the year, I got the big guy from overseas. Uh, you know, he's not really Yeah, so I think Luca is going to show up big time, you know, he's going to have a ball in his hand early, you know, and I think you're going to see a kind of a changing of the guard here from, you know, the Dirk, you know, it's not, it was never really Dirk's team for the last three or four years, but, you know, he was kind of the loved guy there, but I think it's going to, you're going to see the, the shift into this young guy, you know, their, 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 their next young guy from overseas. They kind of take over that team and, and put in buckets. You know, him and Dennis Smith, you know, are going to put up buckets this year. And I think I like him. And I also like... Man, you uh, can't get two picks. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just saying. I, I think Luka's <laughs> going to be up there. But I also like... I want to mention this guy. I like Kevin Knox for the Knicks. You know, he's yeah, a guy that came yeah, out of no, yeah, not really nowhere. He's, he's a first-round pick. But, you know, no one really expected. He showed during the summer league that he could take over games, you know, and dominate. You know, yeah. he's dunking on heads, making shots, you know, defending. So I kind of like him as that long defender, you know, that, that, that forward, you know, that the next coming of, you know, like a, you know, I hate to mention this guy, but like a, a Paul George, you know, long guy that can, can ball, you know, to kind of come out of nowhere. And I think with, he's in the right spot with the Knicks. So I'm going to keep an eye on him this year. Yeah, keep an eye on Miles Bridges, too. That's just another name I'll float out there. Those are some good names. Those are some very excellent points. 
Well, I think we wrapped it up, guys. I think we covered it all. Uh, once again, to our listeners, thank you for listening so much. We appreciate it from the bottom of our hearts. Make sure that you check us out on all social media, media platforms, such as Instagram and Twitter at O underscore Benchwarmers. That's O underscore Benchwarmers. Make sure you give us a follow. Check out the content we have. If, you want, if you're a Facebook person, search us up on Facebook. Give our page a like, and we'll have that content on there as well. Make sure that you are subscribed. Currently, we're on the platforms of Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play. So make sure that you subscribe. If you feel inclined to, show us some love on there. Leave a good review on there. Um, and just show us love. Make sure you're sharing it with a friend as well. You know, spread the word that the opinionated bench warmers are giving the hottest takes on these sports topics. If you love sports like we do, you're going to love this podcast. So we have some great things in coming and we have some great things going on right now. So just make sure that you're spreading this word that the opinionated bench warmers are on the scene. And until next time, we are out, guys. That's a wrap. <laughs>